Hello, and you're in the cool room. Welcome to episode 78, where very shortly, uh, myself, David Griffiths, will be interviewing one of my new friends, Gab Porto, uh, from the Public Brewing Company. Before we get on to that, however, I thought I'd just run through a couple of our usual little announcements. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, we'd love it if you rated and reviewed us uh, on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Uh, that's a really helpful thing for us in getting our news out there and making sure that everyone knows about the podcast. And if you haven't checked out the archives before, we really strongly encourage you to do that. Uh, most recently, we had a chat, uh, an online meet the brewer session with Gypsy Hill Brewers from London, uh, which was an awesome, uh, awesome time had there by everyone who was in the room uh, before beforehand. Um, and if you want to be part of those online meet the brewers, then best to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where you can keep a bit of an eye on future events. The next one that we have coming up will be on the 6th of May, Thursday night, uh, when Blackman's uh, returns and we get to talk about some of their new beers as well as their new facility down in Grovedale that I was lucky enough to go down and visit the other night. Uh, if you haven't already checked out our Shopify uh, store, you can search for The Cool Room Podcast Shopify, and that way you can get range of, uh, of a whole lot of different beers that we have uh, we've still got some of the Gypsy Hill tasting packs, which will help you enjoy that podcast all the more. You can already get uh, access to the Blackman's tasting packs. And we've got a couple of other bonus things in there, uh, especially some from our good friends at Moondog, where we have not only their Game of Thrones duo of beers, just $25 for the two beers, uh, their Imperial uh, takes on Game of Thrones beers, uh, but also some very, very limited stocks of the Black Lung and the Duke of Chifley. Uh, so we really encourage you to go over and check those things out. Make sure you follow us on all of the, uh, the social medias. And um, I reckon my new friend Gab is about ready to jump on and be part of the recording with me. So let me introduce him. Okay, so I'm joined now in the call room by Gab. Gab, let's just have a... And also, I should mention, your beautiful dog, Luna, who is... Of course. She'd be, hate to be missed out. And we'll see whether um, she plays a part in uh, the conversations as we go along. So, yeah, joined by Gab Porto from uh, the Public Brewing Company or the Public Brewery. Which should I be referring to and what should people be looking up when they're... Uh, looking up their social medias to find you? Well, kind of both, funnily enough. So I work for Public Brewing Co., which is the actual production facility out in Kilsyth. And then we have a bar about 10 minutes down the road in Croydon, which is the Public Brewery. So we actually operate as both, kind of under one parent company, which is a bit more confusing, the Public Brewery Group. So <laughs> another layer of complexity in there. But if you search the public something, you're most likely to find us. Well, that's good. There's going to be an incentive for people to do that, which we'll uh, discuss a little bit further down the line. But you're very kindly offering uh, a couple of tickets to your Good Beer Week event. And we've also got a bit of uh, your beer to give away. So about halfway through the podcast, we're going to let people know what they need to do to uh, enter that competition. And um, that's obviously an incentive to keep on listening. So uh, thank you for your generosity on that front. Oh, of course, yeah. We're really looking forward to um, Good Beer Week and obviously the lead up into Gabs. It's going to be a fun, busy couple of 
days, really. And I can already attest to the fact that you make some awesome beers because I'm sitting here with a can of the Maku. Um, do you want to tell people a bit about that one and um, whet their appetites? Because this will be in the in the six pack that we can give away. Yeah, I'd love to. What I'm going to do is I'm going to see if I can crack my can and see if we can get the noise in. And... <laughs> Always a good noise to hear. It's a great uh, noise to hear. It's one of our favourite things that we love to do here on the podcast. Sorry, I just had a good sip. Oh, nice. Um, I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, Marku is a really cool beer. It's um, one of our core beers that we do here. Um, it's a hemp ale, which um, isn't very popular here in Australia. There's been a couple. I can think of a couple that I've seen in the shops. But um, ours is really, it kind of came about by chance. We happened to met a couple of guys who do some cool stuff with hemp and they were interested in launching a hemp beer. So can you tell us perhaps, I mean, some people here all know, we have listeners who are expert brewers and very much know their styles and so forth, but a whole lot of people probably haven't heard about hemp before. Is this someone growing something in a grow house at the back of their you know, backyard that they shouldn't be? Or tell us a bit about the hemp product itself perhaps that goes into this. So hemp is obviously the same family as marijuana. Um, what it is, it's just actually uh, the same plant, but a much, 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 much lower version of the THC in it. Um, so, hey, Luna, we're talking here about beer. <laughs> I'll see if I can give her a treat. But yeah, so the THC is uh, just is the main kind of factor. It's essentially the same plant, but just a much lower version of the THC in it. Um, and the way it comes to us is actually in two different forms. So yep. one is a protein, like you would find at any kind of Coles, Woolies, health food shops. Um, it's a protein powder. Um, and we use that kind of as a hop in the same regard. It's that same, same family. It gives you some really cool aromatics. And also we use the seed. So the seed we toast uh, literally in an oven upstairs uh, and then put it into the mash, which gives you a lot of, really cool flavors, very similar to like a specialty malt, whereas in it's really nutty, and gives you that nice kind of bite and mouthfeel. And we are speaking before this started, it's kind of like a, a nice kind of savory mouthfeel to it. It really is. It's a, it's a very, and you're, when you were talking about the nose on it before, absolutely right. That was the first thing that struck me compared to a whole lot of beers that we have. Um, this has got a really intense uh, smell to it when we first, First, take it on. So, a bit of sort of overripe fruit and some, you know, in a very positive way, some really interesting notes. Uh, There's some really good descriptors. I always love to hear kind of because everyone's going to smell and taste something different. So, it is really cool to get another kind of another palette, if you will, to taste them and try them. And it always gives me more descriptors to help other people understand, which I always really enjoy. Because everybody's different, right? We all taste different things. I personally, with a passion, hate coriander. Oh, you're um, one of those people. I'm a normal person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I love coriander. I will say that coriander beers sometimes work and sometimes don't work. Um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of coriander beers, which were lovely. Luna just told me she hates coriander. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so how, in terms of the, the Marku... How's, it, how's the market received it? Are, are people enthusiastic about it? And is it um, justifying its place in the, in the core lineup at the moment? At the moment, it's really cool. It's actually um, been a really big uh, couple of weeks for Marku. It's just gone into Dan Murphy's um, Australia wide. Uh, I think it was over 200 stores, yeah, right. um, which was huge for us. It was a big couple of days of packing and brewing, obviously. 
Um, but it has started taking off and people are really kind of seeing that, that market and kind of where it fits in because people are loving all sorts of different um, ingredients in beer these days. Uh, and hemp being so closely related to hops, it's kind of a quite logical. Um, and we're seeing some pretty cool health benefits around the world with hemp. I'm not saying that this beer is going to do any of that. <laughs> I was going to say that's a, that's a great leap forward. I'm happy to, to advertise that bit. Yeah. Um, I will not say that at all, but um, it is really cool to see that people are, and what's great was like Dan Murphy's just kind of went, oh, that's an interesting kind of hole that we don't have in their huge range. Um, and they were happy to take a lot of cases of beer, so... And that's awesome. We've spoken to a whole lot of breweries over the years about the importance of having, you know, one or two beers that have really become that sort of mass popularity and um, what that can really allow you to do then in terms of everything else you want to experiment with or play with, you can do knowing that you've got that core range that'll sell in those, in those big outlets. Yeah, definitely. I kind of remember when I first started brewing, which is a while back ago now, like Dan Murphy's, you couldn't get any kind of, decent craft beer in there and now they're like they're amazing they work we work with individual stores um they are so happy to help they're some of the nicest people you could imagine talking to um so it's it's great it gives that i mean not it gives those kind of normal punters a chance to try beers whereas and we can still target like you know the beer nerds the beer lovers who want to go try this and that any more specialty bottle shops so it's great to for dan murphy's i i think a lot of craft breweries appreciate what they've done for the market and everyone, really. Well, you had a lovely little segue in there. You should be a podcast presenter, mate. Um, you oh, started to I talk should. about, you know, when you first got into brewing. So let's hear that part of the story. We should give a little shout out to Dave Croft, first of all, who put us in touch with each other. And he knew you from some of your previous adventures. But were you a home brewer before you started to do this as a, a job or did you go straight into it and had no I really went just straight into it um kind of quite funny I was at uni one day studying a bachelor of business and commerce at Parramatta yep. uh, UWS yay I don't know what I I think think we had a sporting team to be honest um <laughs> and I also think the name has changed since I've been there um <laughs> are they trying to dissociate themselves from you or are they maybe, just, you know <laughs> yeah maybe that's a pretty interesting point um, I think I should speak at their next graduation. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure that there's a whole lot of people who are there who would love to uh, get into the kind of industry that you're in. And um, again, many of our listeners love to hear the stories about how people get their starts because it seems to a lot of us like a really hard sort of jump to make. How do you get that first gig and how do you find a spot? Yeah, for me, I was incredibly lucky. I saw a sign for a job posting. It said, beer, people wanted. And I went... Yes. <laughs> and that was my first brewery. Um, and then I just started to learn and I kind of fell in love with doing it. Um, and I just moved from there. Uh, so which so brewery that, was that? Are we, can we can we hear? Yeah, it? yeah. I don't actually think they're around anymore, unfortunately. So it was a little you brew it or a brew on premise. Yep. Um, what was it? The Beer Factory. Um, out in Seven Hills, you'd come in, make your own kind of little stuff, come back a couple of weeks later, bottle it all up. Um Back in its time, it was very popular. Um, there's a couple of them left, I think. Um, yeah, there's, I, not, there's not many, but yeah. um, I can remember some of the very first beers that I ever had. You know, the first, certainly before I home brewed at home, I was doing that kind of thing. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, then from there, I had uh, I was very unfortunate, and I met Dave Padden, um, which kind of ruined me forever. <laughs> um, so Dave, at the time, was the owner and head brewer of Riverside. Yep. Um, and which was very close, very local to my house. Uh, we met. Uh, he had a job going for an assistant brewer, and uh, apply, I, he loves to tell this story. But I was the last person to uh, apply, uh, and for some reason, he got me in. Uh, I wore a tie. Oh, fantastic! The interview. He never forgets that tie. He brings up actually when I left Akasha. Oh, I get to that part. But when I left Akasha, he gave me the gift of a tie in case I needed to go to another run. <laughs> and I cherish that tie. Uh, I do miss Dave very rarely. <laughs> uh, we still speak quite often. Uh, he's a great guy, and I learned so much from him despite all the bad things I may say about him in public and to his face. And, and that is a, a long running tradition here as well, that we allow people to, you know, speak their mind. And then we link the people that they're speaking about into the episode, you know, <laughs> on social media and so forth, just Excellent. so they can yeah. hear what's been said about them. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure Dave will end up one way or another uh, hearing some of this. Yeah. I'll just text him an emoji of something and be like, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Now, so I mean, and, and it's there's the tip. You know, we were always looking for little tips on how to get jobs in the brewing industry. The answer appears to be wear a tie. It was Basically, a, that's... yeah, um, yeah. Look, after that, we had like a good chat, and we literally we got on like a house on fire. Um, and kind of called me up later that afternoon. And goes, all right, do you want a job? I went, yes, I would like to come and work for you. And I worked with Dave there for mm, close to a year. And then um, obviously he sold his share in Riverside and kind of wanted to go do something else. Um, shortly after I left and I went to Brewpack for a little while, um, where what they do is they do a lot of contract brewing for kind of smaller breweries who are looking to punch out a whole bunch of beers. Um, it was great. I learned quite a lot, learned a lot in such a short time frame yep. um, because you're exposed to so many different styles, so many different beers, some great technology as well, like, being so big, they had all the toys, everything, which was really fun. Um, and then Dave kind of started Akasha. Yes. And silly me, I decided to work for him a second time. And he <laughs> wanted to hire me a second time. I didn't wear a tie to the second interview because... Um, <laughs> um, so, and there, then I joined Akasha and I was there for a couple of years and I became head brewer there. Um, and Dave and I worked together and we, we really built that brand and it, they're doing some amazing, they still are doing some amazing beers. They're some of my favourite beers that I, I'm lucky enough that I have a little connection, believe it or not, to uh, get some beers every now and then from them. I and would hope you do. It'd be disappointing if you didn't. Uh, yeah. Um, so after that, I was head brewer for, I don't know, maybe a year, two years and... Um, my missus, she came to me one day and she said, uh, I got a job offer in Melbourne. And I went, oh, okay. And I really like her and she took that job. <laughs> so if we link her in, then, you know, you're yeah. not going to be in any strike on that point now. So well, exactly. good work, yep. Um, and uh, yeah, away we went to, um, not, I'm not going to say sunny Melbourne. I'm going to say sometimes sunny, most of the time raining, cold Melbourne. <laughs> Um, I, I really do wonder what our international listeners think about our beautiful city of Melbourne, which we, because we nearly always kick it off, kick I off know, the right? discussion of the weather, and it's almost always negative. I think it's because 
if the sun's out, then we're not sitting down inside recording a podcast. We're out enjoying it. So we only comment on it when it's crappy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but besides the weather, Melbourne is a great place to live. And I've loved moving to Melbourne. Um, the food, everything is just mainly the food. I love food. I love to eat. I love to cook. Has been great. And I'm lucky enough that I live in Carlton. I'm close to everything. I can go out, try one food. I go try another food. It is an awesome place to live. Um, back and to drink. Spiel, I completely agree. Yeah, there, I mean, and there's also so many amazing breweries down here in Melbourne um, that make some cracking beers. Um, so when I first came down, I, I was quite lucky. Again, I knew some people down here in Melbourne. I knew um, the guys over at Stomping Ground, and um, I kind of messaged them and said, "Hey, I'm kind of moving down to Melbourne. Are you guys needing some brewers?" And yeah. Like I get, I guess, lucky again. They said, yep. Um, when can you start? And I'm like, uh, yeah, start next week or something. <laughs> and that was it really. And I got to learn so much from the guys there. They do some really cool styles of beer. I mean, they're quite well known for their smash series and their different beers. Um, and they've got some fun equipment to play with as well, I imagine. They, you know, decent sized production lines. Oh, yeah. I mean... They are pumping out quite a lot of beer. Speaking, going back to the Dan Murphys, I believe they're just about to punch, uh, what was it, the Pash Smash or the Pash Fruit Smash into Dan Murphys Australia-wide. Yeah, right. Which That'd is great. Absolutely. It's really cool. And they're, they're doing, I don't know if you've seen, they're doing a lot of advertising. I guess I could be targeted. Um, but <laughs> I've seen a lot of um, advertising. It's these two people that are reviewing their beers and it's like, the two sides of sour, which is really cool. Like one person, like it doesn't taste like beer. And then the other person, it's like, doesn't taste like beer, five stars that like, she loves it. And the other guy goes, Oh, it's sour. It's actually, it's great advertising. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen those. Oh, no, you're not targeted enough. Yeah, that's then, right. Don't buy enough beer on market than me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, some, it's really clever and everything that they do is, um, thought out quite well i mean they've got the airport bar they're about to open up out in Morabin pretty soon so uh, and they're such everyone there is a really really good person like they're such a great bunch of people to hang out with and yeah now then it comes to the part where it's like why did you leave um <laughs> <laughs> i i guess i missed uh being head brewer to be honest with you um i missed um yep. kind of making the calls kind of really designing my own recipes. Stomping Ground being so well-established, they didn't really need someone like me to come up with new beers, new styles. Not necessarily new styles. I haven't got any in my back pocket. But um, some new things and try some new stuff. And that's why I was excited when um, the job for Public Brew Co. came up and I applied and here I am sitting in the office right now. You are sitting in the office. You know, last week we had the guys from Gypsy Hill on, as I've mentioned probably now a couple of times, and they were sitting in a beautiful, uh, you know, room where they had all of their wooden kegs aging behind them and, um, you know, the sound of their coffee machine going. And you've got the whiteboard I can see behind you there. I can't read anything on it. Don't worry. That's all good. It's all my secrets, yeah. And the uh, and the doors to the, um, the dunnies there behind you as well. So, you know, yeah. so this is the real world, isn't it? <laughs> If I if I've got to pause the podcast, I can quickly just go to the toilet. And, yeah. <laughs> now, perhaps before we move on to hearing a bit more of the the history of of where you are now, just to go back to Akasha for a second, we had those guys on episode sixty two. It's uh, probably about 
a year ago now, mm. um, made some awesome beers. What were your favourites of their beers? Just to sort of talk about that. And are there any that you, you know, really helped design or you feel personally really connected to that people can still get a taste of and, you know, tell us some of those highlights. Ah, oh, for me, every time we did the, the Corbin D, which is the double IPA, um, the first one of the year was probably my, always my favourite because we got those kind of the first crack at the American hops. We had quite a good relationship with those suppliers and we were able to get them kind of express from yeah, the US. Um, so that first one of the year was always the best one. And to kind of combat, because hops do age, we always had a couple <laughs> of little secrets to uh, make them last and to kind of bring out that same flavour. So for us, it was always about consistency in what we did with our beers um, and pushing out that great hop flavor into it. Uh, and yeah, that was always my favorite release um, of the year. I always look forward to that. I think it's about February, so it would have been gone now. And uh, I believe now, right now they're doing their birthday beer. So the, the Wooden Leg, um, the Triple IPA, which was always really great to make as well. Oh, right. That sounds like a, yeah. a thing to take on. I don't think we've had that one down here for a oh, while. Oh, yeah, definitely going get something like that. It is... Um, really really good a lot of hops but i think it was 10.5 percent by memory um, but it has been a, a little while and um, is, the, is the challenge of trying to make those beers consistent a more interesting challenge to you than say creating a new recipe from scratch or you know how do those sort of different tasks compare because it's a it's a quite different thing to being able to say well i'm doing something new it's never it, you know no one's ever tasted it before However, it turns out people will appreciate it as opposed to going, well, you know, if I'm sitting down here and making the, the hopsmith, people know what it is that they're going to be tasting and we've got to make sure we get that right. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I do like the idea of kind of reproducing the same thing over and over and again. Um, so I always love that challenge of kind of making it the same every time. And there are like I mentioned, throughout the year, obviously, with Hops to Grading, we did a couple different recipe tweaks to do that and make that so consistent over the, that period. Uh, even, but then again, I do like, I was just thinking, as I said it, I was like, that new beer, I made um, on the pilot system a mixed berry a smash, uh, sorry, mixed berry sour. That's uh, delicious. And it was just something that no one had tried before. And you're right, everybody did. Oh, it's a fine line. I mean, I, I Hmm. It's a real head scratcher, that well, one. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's a real positive then to have various aspects of your job that you enjoy. Yeah, it, definitely. It doesn't sound like the uh, that recreating those ones where you need consistency is a is a task that you don't enjoy, which I think is a really positive thing. Yeah. Now, in a second, we're going to crack open the second of the beers for our conversation, which is going to be the heavyweight IPA. But before that, as I said earlier on, you guys have been really generous and enable us to give away a couple of prizes today. Um, first of all, you're running an event for Good Beer Week. Do you want to give yeah. people a little bit of a preview of that? And then we can talk about how people can win two tickets to that. Yeah, so Good Beer Week, we, um, we're doing it. It's on a Thursday night. Um, it's actually going to be at our pub um, in Croydon. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to go through the core range of beers and kind of talk about each beer individually and really kind of go into what kind of we do to make those beers. And then we'll have one specialty beer for the week, which we're very excited to do. Hey, Sorry, and one second. Luna's very excited to tell you what that special beer is. 
Um, we're going to do um, one of my favorite styles, which is a brown ale. And oh, beautiful. What we're going to do is we're going to infuse it with uh, Cuban rum, which is probably, besides beer, the thing I love to drink the most. And uh, does that mean you've got to experiment with a few Cuban rums first? Just to yeah, I've sure really, you... I've done a lot of research. I've been, I feel like I've been training a lot of my adult life for this. Um, <laughs> trying different styles, trying different rums, really understanding the flavor profile to get it right. So, and I think I've really nailed the one that I want to use. Um, so, Luna yeah. clearly has a number of opinions on this matter. Ah, she always does. Um, I might just see if I can quickly just, we'll just pause and uh, I will, if I can sort her out. Sure. So tell us a little bit about the core range you're going to be tasting. How many beers have you you got in there and um, what can people look forward to on that night in terms of the, the styles they'll be trying? Yeah, so we've got a, a really cool core range. Um, the first one we have is a, a light beer. So something that's been, we've been working on tweaking and really trying to nail down. It's really hard to find a good full-flavoured light beer. I mean, it's 2.9%, um, so a can, I believe, uh, I should know this, but I think it's 0.85 standard drinks per can. Um, so it's really cool to have, like, a full-flavoured beer where you can still have a couple and drive. I think that's um, quite important for a lot of people these days is to find something that's low in alcohol but still full of flavour. Uh, it is such a growing market, and I think it's something kind of is a great opportunity to get on top of. Um, Absolutely. In the last five years, we're seeing so many more of that kind of kind of beer, and it's a it's a great thing for people who want to go out and actually have a couple of beers and enjoy the company of their friends, and you know, still be able to do something afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have a, a lager, which is our public draft. Um, so it's a really nice, clean, crisp lager with a nice kind of fruit character um, and a nice kick of hops in it um, as well. It's really um, quite a nice beer to do. And one of our, believe it or not, a lager can be sometimes difficult to brew. Oh, no, we've heard a few of those stories over the years. It's, of um, course. It's, yeah, because there's nothing, there's nowhere to hide with the lager. Uh, it's either if it's something wrong with it, you're going to taste it. So I like to think I've um, done quite a good job with this one. But uh, have, did you try the one that I gave you? you think no, no, one? not yet. I'm drinking my way through them as we, as we go. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that one. Yeah. Um, so that is, has been really fun to do. Um, and then there's our pale ale. Of course, every good brewery needs a good pale ale. Um, so I've worked closely with one of our suppliers at Ellerslie. Um, so they have um, hops here in Victoria. And I've used a couple of their um, hops, Melba and Cascade, to give some really um, nice fruity citrus flavours as well as a nice earthiness to it. Um, and they've been really great. They're lovely people. Their farm is pretty awesome. I will not um, try to pronounce where it is because I never can. <laughs> so if anyone wants to find out more, just Google Ellerslie Hops and you can see whereabouts it is. I don't think they open to the public, so I'm don't sure, try to go I'm there. I'm sure please. you're right. Otherwise, all of our <laughs> listeners would be up there pretty much every other day, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be if I uh, – they, they might let me. They like me, so, yeah. And but Yeah, go on, go on. Oh, I just – yeah, and they're, they've, they're doing some great – Aussie hops, which is really cool to see. And we're, we're all about that, trying to find some great local produce. I think a lot of people are, um, and just trying to find the right ones that suit us, that suit our brand, that suit our beer, that suit our beer drinkers. has been quite fun talking with them. So. And we've also got the, the Maku in the, in the uh, core lineup. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, be able to try the Maku as well on the day, um, which will be really 
fun to always talk about and obviously we've talked about it a little bit now but yeah to really taste the kind of hemp flavors which are so different to kind of other stuff that we do so and then the uh, other one in our core range is our red falcon which is an american red ale which is a which is a really nice style of beer especially coming into these colder months it's a really nice kind of toffee caramel flavors with a nice kind of good mix of american hops in there um and it is quite nice but yeah Five percent. I'm really looking forward to trying that one. I've got to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is a really nice style of beer. Um, I always enjoy drinking a, a red ale or a red IPA. Um, I feel like they're a tad underappreciated. Um, sometimes everybody's chasing those big hoppy flavors, and it's really nice to kind of get those really nice smooth multi flavors every now and again for me personally. Uh, I agree. I think both, you know. Red ales, brown ales, and for that matter, black IPAs are three of my favourite styles. Not, you know, by no means the same style. Three different, I guess, aligned styles, but so hard to find examples of them in Australia at the moment. Yeah, agreed. Well, let us open up the, the heavyweight, but while I have that sound going on in the background, what we've decided to do... Here we go. What a delicious sound that is. Um what we've decided to do is to ask people to uh, tag a photo of uh, both the brewery and the podcast on Instagram. Um, and we're going to pick out uh, people who have one lucky winner will get two tickets. I think they're valued at about 25, 30 bucks each um, to go out to your event uh, on the Thursday night out there. Second prize will get a six pack of your core range and the heavyweight. And um, we might also just put up a little graphic on our Facebook page that people can download and put that on their Instagram if that's an easier way for people to do it. Um, because, of course, what we're trying to do here is spread the word about, you know, the awesome work that you're doing and spread the word about the podcast as well. So thanks Everybody for wins. And making those, those little gifties available. No, of course, yeah, and we're really happy to. And we look forward to uh, quite a fun event. Um, yeah, we'll have our restaurant open, so anyone that wants to come down, there's still tickets available, and you can have a nice feed while you're there as well. And we can chat and talk about beers. Any questions, always welcome. You believe I've heard them all, so I've always loved <laughs> to hear a new challenge. Well, that's that sounds like a challenge that I might take up myself in a minute. But um, <laughs> tell us about the heavyweight, which is the beer that I've just poured into my little glass here, a six percent IPA. Um, yeah. What's so it's a little bit of the story and the, the flavors behind that one. And then we can get on to talking a bit more about the history of the brewery. Yeah. So it's our first kind of seasonal release here at Public Brewing Co. Um, and being my kind of background, it was I was always wanted to do a big West Coast American style IPA. It's what I love. It's what I love to drink. I can say it's probably what I drink most of, um, which can sometimes get me into trouble. But I love those big, bold, hoppy flavors. Um, and I used a lot of Amarillo in this one to really get a whole bunch of tropical fruit flavors. It's a pretty clean malt base. Uh, no haze, by the way. I'm sorry for everybody. I, I do have some plans and I do a couple over the bar. I really want to get a perfect one before I put that into cans. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, for, the, for me, this beer is something that I've learned for so long uh, working Riverside, working at Akasha and just really wanted to to do. And it was great fun to brew. Um, I always love those beautiful hop flavors that come from Amarillo. I think it's one of my favorite hops um, that I like to brew with. 
And this one's, yeah, it was a quite a big dry hop. I was only a little scared on top of a ladder with <laughs> the many bags that I had to put in. Um, but thankfully, no disasters, which is always good. Um, and we have, obviously, our light beers, the, the featherweight. And normally, I'm awful at naming beers. Um, and this one kind of just popped right into my head. And I was like, we have the lightweight. Let's, sorry, the featherweight. Let's just go with the heavyweight for our IPA. And everybody seemed to kind of be on board. And yeah, it went from there. And the, uh, the, the can art is a, a reference to a heavyweight belt, is it? Or I'm just trying to get my Yeah, absolutely. So it's... Yeah, so for those of you who can't see it, um, you can go and find it at uh, good retail shops. Um, uh, come to Croydon. We have plenty in stock at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it is a, it's a world title belt in, from boxing. Um, you can see it's a beautiful green, got the flags on it. I'm a terrible at describing things that I see, and even though it's right in front of me. Um, but, yeah, it is based on a boxing world title belt. Which yeah, I do a wrestling to... world title belt. Or wrestling, yeah, if you do like your wrestling. For wrestling here at the show. Yep. Yeah. I do have to give credit to my brother. It was his idea to use the belt. And um, it, the cans look great. They've got a bit of metallic to them, so it looks like they're quite shiny um, in the right light, the gold part of it at least. So hopefully everyone listens to this, goes out and tries to find it and can do a better job at describing it than I have. <laughs> <laughs> now... Let's hear a little bit of the story, perhaps, about what the good people of the uh, public brewing company were doing before you came to them. When did they start up? And can you give us a little bit of their backstory? As we start? Yeah, the Public Brewing Co. has been around for a little while now. I think about it's uh, six years. Um, so they started off mainly just at the, at the pub, at the venue. Um, and they started off kind of a small scale. And they were doing the, the you brew it kind of system. So people come in, do their own little beers. And then they seemed to um, get some really cool opportunities and then they decided to open up a nice production facility. And from there, they've really started to push a whole bunch of beers into the market and here, there and everywhere they can, really. Um, they've done a really cool job setting it all up. Um, and I was lucky enough to come and give and help them some guidance and do what I can to make their beers better and to sell more beer. So um, tell us, we've got our... Loyal beer nerds love to hear stories about the kind of kits that people brew on. The yes, sizes and you know what? What toys have you got to play with out there? Yeah, so it's a only a two vessel system. Uh, so it's sixteen hundred and fifty liters per turn. So we'll do two turns, roughly a day, which will fill. Um, we have six three thousand liter tanks, and then two six thousand liter tanks or double tanks. So we can fill those over two days with four brews. But uh, my plan is once we grow, I'd love to fill one of those in one day. So about 12 hours-ish, um, which is really yeah, nice, good production, which is always Absolutely. fun. Um, and it's a great system. Um, it's a great setup. We're actually um, very lucky out here. Um, it's something that the whole company is trying to do, the whole group, I should say, is trying to do is to be more environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. um, the brewery is solar-powered. Um, we also... Um, catch and reuse a lot of our, our own water that we use during the um, brewing process. And we um, are doing a whole bunch of other little things. So we use um, biodegradable packing tape, biodegradable um, plastic wrap to try to do all we can to kind of minimize our impact on the environment. Um, we're always looking for different ideas. I tried to get a beehive on the roof, but the beehive people said they were really busy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if any um, of our I, listeners out there have connections to bees, you never know. You might be, yeah. you'd be up for the conversation. It's a pretty high roof, so if anyone wants to come and put a beehive on it um, and then take care of that beehive for me and give me the honey. Um, <laughs> yes. I can see what's in it for you. But... Uh, sorry, I just missed that. Someone's going crazy in the next room where I put it. Uh, That's okay. Just... Do you want to go and check on her? Or you... Yeah. It's interesting how few people really understand how environmentally intense the brewing process can be, I think, isn't it? That, you know, people end up with a nice, beautiful looking product in their glass, but don't realise that you need to run a big factory to clean the things, to do everything else. It's a, it's a pretty intense process when you're actually running a, a big production. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the chemicals we use can be quite harsh. So um, it is good. We actually have a dosing pump as well that really brings it out to a nice neutral pH, drops out any solid. So we're not putting anything out that's um, really bad. And I think there's um, a lot of breweries that are starting to realize that as well. And everybody seems to be doing their part to try to reduce that. Um, the funniest one I always hear is we're taking the CO2 out of the uh, atmosphere and putting it into the beer. <laughs> Um, but for a period of time yeah sure um it's working that's what we know um but it is something that's obviously very important um to our futures and oh, absolutely everybody so we are yeah we're really i'm always trying to think of new ways and new ideas so if anybody does have any suggestions please yeah let me know i'm very happy to hear them and part of the other one is obviously we've gone into cans all our products are in cans now i mean Besides the fact that people only drink beer out of cans, from what I understand. Um, it's, it's interesting. We've discussed this many a time, just the rapid change in the last oh, yeah. five, ten years at most of, you know, bottles disappearing. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I remember I always, it was bottles, 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 and then cans. There was kind of the big guys had beers in cans, and then out of nowhere, just that big switch. It was, yeah. But yes, there's so much better for so many reasons, and I'm sure you've talked about many times. Um, so yay cans, really. absolutely yay cans, absolutely yay cans, and and absolutely yay drinking at the venue. So tell us a little bit about what people can experience and if they come out and visit. Yeah, the venue is lovely. Um, it's so it's out in Croydon, right near a train station, which is um, very good for public transport. People getting there, and, coming... and getting home again afterwards, exactly. perhaps even more pertinently. Yep. Why do we don't want people to leave though? We just want them to stay. <laughs> when, when they leave, we want them to leave in a responsible way. Yes, sure, absolutely. Being behind a wheel of a car. Yes, true. <laughs> um, so at the at the brewery, we actually have a little 500-litre pilot kit um, that we get to do some cool, um, fun beers on. I mentioned it earlier. Um, at, at the moment, we have a mixed berry cider on tap. Uh, sorry, mixed berry sour on tap. Maybe I'll make cider one day. Mm. And then there's a couple hazies on there at the moment. I have plans to do a um, black IPA tomorrow. Oh, now um, you're talking my language. I know. Um, it's going to be a 3.5% black IPA, which I'm pretty excited to do. It should be quite fun. Absolutely. Yeah, so you can come. You, obviously, our core range is always on tap. Um, and then we have a whole bunch of different seasonals um, that we do run over the bar. And we have a whole bunch, a lot of cocktails. Um, we do service everybody wines, cocktails. And a lot of great food. We have some really cool chefs that do some great stuff. Um, and a lot of the food that we do is gluten-free, which is um, pretty awesome. Cool. What kind of, roughly speaking, what kind of a menu do you have? Um, let's see. When did I go there last? It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, there's some 
good schnitzels. Obviously, that's my favourite. Um, yeah, it's a great parma. Um, there's a nice burger, of course. I think you need a nice burger. Every pub should have one. Absolutely. And, and uh, if you're having a few beers, those things go beautifully yeah, together. Nothing goes better. And for me, oh, recently they uh, had a snapper on the menu with heirloom tomatoes that was delicious. Oh, yeah, that's, that sounds like a now, roughly. I was going to say it sounds like a lunchtime kind of thing for me. <laughs> roughly speaking, I don't expect you to be expert on all of these things, given your jobs to make sure that there's delicious beer in the taps ready to go. But what uh, open for lunches as well as dinners, or roughly speaking, uh, what days of the week are you guys? Uh, uh, yep, I actually know the answer to this one. Um, <laughs> so we're Wednesday to Sunday, and we usually open up um, Wednesday, Thursday. We do mainly um, dinners. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is lunch and dinner. Um, and Wednesday, there's trivia. I saw a photo yeah. from trivia the other day and the place was um, pretty full, which was great. Now you're really speaking my language. <laughs> trivia and trivia. And I think uh, for a special, I, I saw a poster today. It was bottomless wings for $20 uh, on trivia nights. Oh, that's it's sounding very, very dangerous. I'm glad there's a train station over the road. I really do mean that. <laughs> Um, perhaps just as we move towards wrapping up, can you tell us about, you know, what you're looking forward to into the future? You know, what are the, what are the challenges that you see coming up and, you know, what are the, the things that you're really looking forward to doing as, you know, the industry kicks along? I'm quite excited. Obviously we've got the good beer week event, but then after that, very shortly is Gabs, um, named after me, of course. <laughs> it's going to be the public breweries. Um, first venture into Gabs. Um, we're planning a big uh, kind of going to go all out at Melbourne. Uh, we won't be at uh, Sydney or Brisbane. We will have our beer on the container bar. Um, but we are really looking forward to Melbourne. All three days I should be there. Um, we're doing a smashed avocado beer, which has oh, been radio. really fun to brew. Um, so it's got pink Himalayan salt, a little bit of chilli, um, some pepper, and some lemon and obviously plenty of avocado. That sounds like a really fun thing to brew, a really fun thing to taste and enjoy, but perhaps not so fun to clean out of the fermenter at the end of the, you know, at the end of that stage of things. That's um, why we have assistant brewers. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't sound like it's going to be my problem too much. Is that where poor, is, uh, I'm getting this image of a long-suffering brother who gets, you know, the, all of the hard work. Is he Look, the one going to do that for you? or is, He's uh, the younger one, I think. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what about into the future? You know, we, what do you sort of see being the future for the brewery? We, um, we are looking to expand quite a bit. Um, we're looking at some new big tanks, um, some new 6,000 litre, and uh, most exciting uh, for me personally is, a, is our own canning line. Um, I love the idea of kind of being able to can. We use East Coast um, and the mobile canning unit, and those guys are awesome. I couldn't tell you enough good things about them. Um, but I really love to just kind of get our own canning line, really kind of get that moving and just kind of can whenever I'd like to, can whatever I'd like to. Um, Absolutely. It, yeah. it, it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Just not Absolutely, to worry yeah. about when something's going to be ready and relying on other people, no matter how good they are. Yes, true. So those, those are quite exciting. I'm just looking to grow the brand and trial some new beers over the bar, make some exciting stuff and, you know, move some more beer. Hopefully people like the hemp 
Um, we're looking to do a couple more, maybe a couple of different things with the hemp as well, which should be quite fun. Well, that sounds awesome, mate. I'm looking forward to coming out and spending some time out with you and or seeing you at, at Gabs. I think both of those will be very good fun. Um, we really encourage everyone to, well, obviously, like the Cool Rooms Facebook and Instagram accounts. Where do they find your uh, social media accounts so that they can follow along all of the news? Yeah, so we really do most of our stuff through Instagram. Yeah, so it's um, the Public Brewing Co. Instagram. Public Brewing Co. Instagram, and that's yeah. the one you're going to have to uh, to tag in when you post the tile uh, that we'll make up so that you can uh, advertise the fact that you've been listening to this and that you want to go along and see Gab Porto out in Croydon for the uh, for the Good Beer Week event. Um, thank you. Thank you, Luna, for uh, her contributions today. And um, I look forward to catching up with you somewhere nice in Carlton uh, as well as out at the brewery sometime soon so that we can enjoy some of the good things that that gorgeous suburb has to offer. That sounds like a, a great plan. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for taking the time and thanks for drinking some beers with me. It's it's a hard job, but I'm, I'm up to the task. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Gab. And uh, we'll look forward to everyone joining us on the call room again very soon. And um, remember to go and check out our event that's coming up with Blackman's Brewery. Uh, that should be a really fantastic night. So grab your tasting packs from the Shopify and we'll see you online for that event. And we'll probably have a couple of podcasts in the meantime.